lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for hopping on board here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as is Aaron McIntyre. If you'd like to join us, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Email us. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, there are samples of this show that you can uh, sample yourself and share with others every day at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Uh, Coming up at the bottom of the hour, fake news or not, we're going to take a look at this video that's gone viral and then was taken down by YouTube and now is being petitioned by the television network that the video originated from. I know scores of you have seen this video from these two ER doctors in California who also own one uh, some urgent care clinics in that uh, county as well. That is a county of almost a million people. They have been one of the primary testing modules for coronavirus in that county. And last week, they held a press conference that has gained national attention, a video that has gone viral that originally did not come from them but from one of the local television networks that covered uh, that covered the event. And it's now been taken down because apparently there are claimed inaccuracies in what they said. Um, a couple of notes on that. Because if I thought what I was about to share with you at the bottom of the hour was false, we wouldn't entertain it in fake news or not. We wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't analyze it. Right? We, we, we wouldn't. But I'm pretty confident that it's not. And the reason why I'm pretty confident that it's not is twofold. One, most of the people that are attacking it. And then two, the way it's being attacked. And then let me throw in a third. The fact that, this is the bonus reason, the fact that every single antibody survey we have done so far on planet Earth, everywhere on planet Earth, there has been an antibody study in this country and in every other has affirmed their premise, even if you don't appreciate their methodology. But this is why what we do on our show and the way we do it is important. Because we try to teach you to critically think, not necessarily to think like us. Although we appreciate it when you do. Because we love us some us, right? That's kind of why we're here, right? But, but here's the reality. Like we've had to educate you guys on how polling really works. And most of what you've been told about polling, the science of it, the methodology of it and how to read it is false. And most of that is done specifically so that people like you who subscribe to places like Blaze TV and listen and watch shows like this never truly understand the full influence you could actually have on the system. But to constantly make you believe you're alone, you're outnumbered, you're you're really not part of, of, of a plurality, let alone a majority of Americans. The same thing is being done here when it comes to the way that they did their sampling or the way they're, they're, they're touting their statistics out there in California with that video we'll show you at the bottom of the hour. Because, no, it's, it's not a random sample. But you know why they don't need a random sample? Because they have the sample. You know why they don't need to do a random scientific survey of what voters think? Because they actually get to see the votes. These guys did the testing, folks. They did the testing. 
And sure, they could be lying about what the testing says. That That's possible. I don't know them. That's possible. But could a pollster be lying about the results they got over the telephone or over the internet from people as well? Sure. That user error always exists. So how do we adjudicate that? And furthermore, on the, on the, on this, on the volume of sample thing, would I want to rather know what a majority of the people who actually read the votes said the votes said? Or would I rather do the, the work of a random sample of trying to guess what is the most scientific way to find out what the votes actually said? What would I rather have? The first person testimony or a scientific survey? What would you rather have? If you can get it, it's the former. Sure. Absolutely. What's the most powerful testimony in any court of law other than the actual eyewitness. DNA? The eyewitness. I saw totters and point a gun at Aaron McIntyre and pull the trigger because he just got tired of listening to him clown the Badgers and he couldn't take it anymore. Possible. I saw it happen. All right. That's the most powerful testimony. These guys are the eyewitnesses. They've done the majority of testing in that county. So they don't need a random sample. They have the sample. They've looked at the medical. You know why Stanford University needed to do a random sample? And why USC needed to do one because they don't have the medical records. They don't get to actually take, they're not, they're not looking at the patient charts themselves. These doctors are. So that attack is not, not accurate. Now it doesn't mean it's perfect, but if everything in medicine was perfect, you wouldn't need liability insurance. So I'd much rather know what people that have looked at thousands upon thousands upon thousands of the actual patient charts and the actual blood work, would you rather know what they think or whether or what people that have sampled a few hundred people think and then did it as scientifically as best they could, but it's still an educated guess? What would you rather have? The people that looked at the samples or the people that randomly sampled? You'd always rather have the people that looked at the samples. And one other, one other thing on this, if their sample is biased, here's the thing, it's actually more likely biased against their point. Here's why. Since they were in charge of doing the majority of testing, or it's actually about half the testing in that county. Since they were in charge of doing half of the testing, who were they testing? Aaron McIntyre walks in. What do you weigh, Aaron? 160 pounds, maybe? Yep. Okay. Aaron walks in, skinny 26-year-old, 160 pounds. You smoke, Aaron? Nope. Did you do a mainline any heroin yesterday? Hey, Aaron? Not that I know of. Are you living an active lifestyle? Yes. You walk in and say, I was watching CNN, and they convinced me I have coronavirus. Uh, doctors in California, will you give me a test? Are they going to test you, Aaron? Uh, no. Now, who are they most likely testing, Todd? The, the sick in some or strain. people they suspect could be yes. symptomatic or are already yeah. Yeah, that yes they're going to prioritize their testing on what they believe are the worst case scenarios why because time is the one thing they're not making any more of there's only so much time there's only so many tests you prioritize what you could be what you believe could be the most symptomatic cases the people that it could be because these guys when they're not er doctors what do they own urgent care clinics so who are they likely going to sample before anybody else people they believe are in need most likely of urgent care now they could be outright liars just like any pollster could be an outright liar but if their data is false it's because of that not because of any of the reasons that you're being told that's not how this works that's not how any of this works that's fake news too you're being lied to we won't put up with it on this show they assume most of you don't understand how any of this works and you, and you don't. And you know why? There's no need for you to. You have like a real life. Nerds like me, we understand how this stuff works. Okay? That's a scam. And here's one other reason you know it's a scam. 
Is the County Board of Health out there? Are they are they pursuing malpractice against these ER physicians, as we know? Not that we know of. No. So, hey, Christy, Christine Blasey Ford, you've got allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. One, call the police. Don't call the Washington Post, right? Call the police. Tara Reid called the police. You need to call the police, sister, number one. But number two, let's give you a hearing. Let's hear you out. Do you have any corroborating evidence at all? Let's find out. Did she? No. no. She had none. Okay. So if these guys are total quacks, then A, fire everybody on the County Board of Health for entrusting them with doing half of the testing in a county of almost 1 million people. Can we do that's That's step number one. See, I'm calling BS on all of that too. Fire the entire County Board of Health that said, yeah, you guys do the testing for half the county among 1 million people. We trust you. Fire them all because they also license them to own all these urgent care clinics and work in their ERs. So fire all those people and sue them all for malpractice for putting these quacks in there. That's number one. Are you saying we should assume we're being lied to? Assume you're being lied to on this whole thing. And then number two, you know, at some point we'll get to the actual show today. I'm sorry. And then number two, number two, uh, bring them up on malpractice charges as well. When that occurs, when the when the board of when the county board of health there, when that department of health is sued and charged with malpractice, and this and the California Department of Health comes in and opens up an investigation for how could you possibly allow these quacks to to work, to be licensed, to own urgent care clinics, let alone do the testing during this crisis time. When that happens and it is followed up with their malpractice allegations and investigation, then I'll buy into. They don't know what they're talking about. Until then, absolutely assumed that you are being lied to. You have been lied to more in the month of April than maybe at any other time and point and month in the history of your life as Americans. And that's saying something because the bar is pretty high. That is or low, <laughs> depending on the way you look at it. All right, elsewhere on the show, Jesse Kelly will be with us, social media sensation, Texas talk show host, fellow coronavirus uh, scam uh, contrarian, which means we'll probably just sit here and exchange compliments for 15 or 20 minutes and then let him go. And then Pop It Culture Tuesday, how the NFL draft may have done us a bigger favor than we even thought. We'll get to all of that. But first, albeit delayed, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were locked down. What happened while we were locked down? Brought to you by another coronavirus task force briefing. If an American president loses more Americans over the course of six weeks than died in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? The rest of the conference was a waste of time. The Pentagon confirmed the existence of UFOs yesterday. Also yesterday, Texas officially announced its plans to reopen. Governor Greg Abbott says starting this Friday, basically all businesses can reopen at 25% capacity, moving to 50% in two weeks and so on. In Iowa, Governor Kim Reynolds announced her plan to reopen her state. Starting this Friday, most businesses in 77 of the state's 99 counties will be able to reopen with some mitigation measures put in place. Restaurants in most of Tennessee have reopened. There are just a few states joining more than a dozen others who are partially allowing businesses to reopen. Georgia and its governor Brian Kemp is not the pile of smoldering ash we were promised. In fact, Kemp says, Just today I got a text from a hospital CEO in the metro Atlanta area. They have 11 hospitals. They have 171 COVID patients today in 11 hospitals. That is down from 260 positive cases, which was their high, 
That was back on March the 31st. Meanwhile, in California, six Bay Area counties, including Alameda and Contra Costa, are planning on extending their stay-at-home orders through the end of May. UFOs are real, according to the U.S. government. YouTube removed a news conference of two Bakersfield, California ER doctors who insisted, using their own data and looking at the data of the Wuhan coronavirus as a whole, that the lockdowns should end immediately. YouTube says the video violated their terms of service. Experts in the food industry say beef, chicken, and pork supply could become scarce soon due to many meat processing plants being temporarily shut down. Somebody saw New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio out and about violating his own non-essential travel ban. Seriously, you guys have a park. You live in the middle of a park. You don't need to not essentially travel to Brooklyn. Come on, you won't even open roads for people of all backgrounds. I'm not going to give it a break. Like th- this is selfish behavior. This is so terribly selfish. You call yourself a progressive, but you chauffeur yourself to Brooklyn. You force people to drive you. The Supreme Court yesterday punted on its first case involving the Second Amendment in nearly a decade. The case surrounded New York City's unconstitutional gun regulation, making it illegal to transport legally purchased guns from one's home to shooting ranges outside the city. After the Supreme Court picked up the case, New York relented on its law. The court decided that that was enough of an excuse to make no ruling on the case whatsoever. Brett Kavanaugh and Chief Justice John Roberts agreed to punt. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is the government confirmed UFOs are real for the first time yesterday. Two college professors, one of whom works for Harvard, published an op-ed in The Atlantic recently urging the United States to adopt the Chinese model of free speech on the Internet. In the piece, they say, quote, In the great debate of the past two decades about freedom versus control of the network, China was largely right and the United States was largely wrong. Significant monitoring and speech control are inevitable components of a mature and flourishing Internet, end quote. And finally, this little girl knows more about life than the aforementioned college professors. And you can't be no sucker at you with your money. Bro, I ain't no sucker. Bet you I don't. Okay. What's assets? Assets are things that bring money into your bank account. What's liabilities? Liabilities are things that take money out your bank account. Entrepreneurship is the act of becoming an entrepreneur. What's entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurship is a process of setting up a business or business. Taking on a greater than normal. Financial risk. What's an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is a person that organizes and operates a business or businesses. Also taking on a greater than normal. Financial risk. What's financial mean? Money. And what's risk mean? Chance. Come on. That video goes on for another two minutes. And also UFOs are real. And that's what happened while we were away. I think Aaron wants us to talk about UFOs. I'd, I'd kind of just like to watch that video at the end on loop. I, that's that's my country right there. That's America right there. I, I, I'd like to get that back. Time to return America to the American people. People like those folks in that, the, the, the father and daughter in that video. That's who we're talking about. All right. And and yes, Aaron, we will talk about UFOs. In fact, cool. we're going to do that with the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're not already a subscriber to Blaze TV, cheapest time ever and the most important time 
ever, by the way. All right, so $5 and change a month is all it costs to become a subscriber to Blaze TV. Just go to blazetv.com slash Dace and use the promo code Steve to get that greatest discount for a year-long subscription we've ever offered. blazetv.com slash Dace, promo code Steve, and you'll get to watch us talk about the government actually confirmed Hangar 18, Area 51. Well, maybe you didn't go that far. All right, but Fox Mulder, the truth is ultimately out there. UFOs are a thing. We'll get into that. Uh, what, a, what a timing, by the way. Here's, here's why I'm actually inclined, not to spoil the whole uh, overtime, but just to give you guys a little tease. I'm actually inclined to believe this more than, more, than, more than I otherwise would be, given the timing of them confirming this. If you ever... Is this a Friday news dump? Is you, it? This, is the, this is the Friday news dumps. Like maybe next Friday we find, you know, you actually see Sam uh, 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 Giancarno or Carlo, the great Chicago mobster. Um, we'll, they'll, they'll show us the video of him paying off some Cuban assassin to stand at the grassy knoll and really take Kennedy out. We'll get that. We'll get we'll get that dumped on us in another Friday or two. I mean, this is the ultimate Friday news dump, though, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, knew to, what you were to, talking to about. unleash this in the middle of a pandemic. And then they can say later on, well, you know, when 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 the visitors arrive, they can say, hey, we told you, we, we warned you about it. We just happened to tell you at a time you were distracted by something else. This is this is the mother load of Friday news dumps. So we will get into it uh, in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. And Aaron's Rundown is brought to you by our friends. They're back. Why? Because... That must mean Mother's Day is just around the corner. Books, roses are red. Social distancing, though, makes us blue. Can't be with mom this Mother's Day? Don't worry. Uh, Books has your back. Maybe you can't give mom a hug, but you can send flowers from the Books company. Books, you know, that's short for bouquets. Books are responsibly sourced from some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms, even farms on the sides of volcanoes, so the flowers stay fresh even longer. And flowers and plants can even reduce stress, boost productivity. We could use all the stress relievers and productivity boosters we can get as a people right about right now. All right. So send smiles no matter the miles with books.com slash Steve. That's B-O-U-Q-S. Books.com slash Steve. That's books.com slash Steve. And enter the promo code Steve to get 25% off your entire order. And not just for mom. You can do it for the wife. You can do it for grandma. You can do it for the dog mom. Treat yourself, whichever. All right. Books.com slash Steve. Promo code Steve for 25% off. All right, let's let's get to um let, let's get to Aaron's rundown. And when you look at these numbers that we're now getting, here's where this debate is now headed. All of the data says at the very least the continuing the lockdowns is unnecessary. And I believe strongly is trending in the direction that with the exception of a couple of places limited, perhaps, maybe, we're, we're never necessary to begin with. Because we missed our window to truly lock this down. It was here long before we panicked about it. And that we likely risked nuking our way of life for nothing. 
And to give people the most benefit of the doubt, maybe we didn't know that on March 23rd, March 28th. But, but we have known that for much of this month. And as we go through this untangling process, there are two final stages of the process. And understand that getting to those stages means that you've won. Whenever Nero begins the, the martyrs and persecutions, you, you, you beat him in the argument. He does that when, when you've won the argument. Now, it comes with a cost, but, but that's, that's your ultimate sign you've won. That they, they can't defeat you in the arena of ideas, so they just have to, they have to tyranny you. That's the final stage. Now, now, we have seen more than a few hints or previews of what that stage looks like. But, but in whatever's left of America, there was enough preemptive pushback on this right away. Rallies in numerous states, for example. There was enough preemptive pushback on this right away that I don't believe, at least not with coronavirus, maybe another crisis in the future will take us there. But I don't believe with coronavirus we will go all the way to the final end game where they've got to put the boot to the throat because they know they're wrong and don't want to admit it. I don't think we'll get there. Um, and the reason why I don't think we'll get there is, like I said just a minute ago, the, the preemptive pushback from what's left of America. And now there are too many states that are now beginning the process of opening back up. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who said, man, I, I, I just don't think there's a segment of America that will go back until they think it's 100% safe. And I told him I think that's true. But I said, I think the argument works both ways. There's, there's also now a segment of America that you could, in the future, show them a, 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 zombify, a, a zombie virus in broad daylight. And they're going to think that CNN just made the whole thing up and this is a crisis actor. See, we, we forget that there's two countries, not just one. There's not just the left America living here or, or blue checkmark America, because I think this even goes, transcends the traditional political uh, fracture in the country. There's, there's another America living here too. And that America is, gonna, is overreacting to this based on what they've been through, but the other way, the other way. All right? And that America's voice is being heard in, in a lot of these states right now. And so just as once, the reason why I took my family shopping for 30 days of groceries right when the shutdowns in states I don't live in were just beginning is because it was pretty obvious that once that camel's nose got under the tent, you weren't going to stop the whole body from eventually making it in, right? Yeah. Works the other way again, guys. It works the other way. The camel's nose is under the reopening tent now. And now once you begin to put that sunlight back in, you won't be able, you won't be able to stop the whole keister from eventually getting in under the, under, under the cover of the structure either. We're going down this road. We're just going to debate how short or long it takes. But, and once we're, once we're down that road, we're not getting off of it. 
So I don't think you're going to get your isolated stories, cops arresting moms in parks, teachers yelling at kids, throwing a football around that are their students. I hope you get this and die. Right. We're going to get we're going to get some of these kinds of stories. But in mass. Thankfully, there was enough of what's left of America that had enough urine and vigor vinegar left in the system that preemptively stood up and said, ah, hell no. Hell no. That they thought, well, I bet these are the people that own all the guns, too. So, you know, we, we, we'd like to Tiananmen Square this, but uh, we're not the only ones with the tanks. So maybe we can't. And be sure they would like to oh, Tiananmen I, I Square I have this. a little doubt that they would like to. I have a little doubt they would. So I think the last stage, ultimately, is the one we're in right now. This is the lie stage. This is where all their arguments are just ridiculous. They're terrible. They, they, they have, well, the Stanford study wasn't peer-reviewed. Um, as, as you pointed out before our show began, Todd, how much of any of this was peer-reviewed before we locked I the know. country down? None of it was. Well, I take it back. One thing was peer-reviewed. Dr. John Ioannidis at Stanford University on March 23rd, writing, warning America not to do this. The data didn't support it. We were making, you know, cosmic calculations with very little affirmed, confirmed data. That was peer reviewed. That was peer reviewed. Dr. John was peer reviewed. What about Fauci's God status? That was, was that that not peer reviewed. No? Not, no? not peer reviewed. Flatten the curve. Not peer reviewed. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation models. Peer reviewed. Not so much. Data reviewed, though, and Commodus is thumbs down. Okay. Uh, how about the Imperial College simulation? Peer reviewed? Commodus didn't even walk into the arena because the crowd executed those people before he even had his say. They were so upset. That was so bad. All right? Almost none of this has been peer reviewed. Except the guy at Stanford who warned us a month and a half ago not to do this. Ironically, he was peer reviewed. But we didn't listen to him. We listened to all the people that weren't, all right? So, okay, the idea that the Stanford serology study is not peer-reviewed would be an excellent argument against them if we didn't have 77 other serology exams that all said the same damn thing. So that argument's not as good, okay? It's not a, it's not a good argument, okay? The argument against one isolated study not being peer-reviewed is good, Provided it remains one isolated study. But when it's one of 80 studies, it doesn't need to be peer-reviewed because it was already peer-reviewed by all the other uh, blanking studies that all said the same blanking thing, okay? You want your peer review? Sweden, France, Germany, Taiwan, Japan, Colorado, Miami, Los Angeles, Chelsea. Those are your peer reviews, when do we trust the experts and when don't we? Uh, wait, wait, wait. That's a lot of people's opinions on that. It's probably going to be determined by what they wake up to the first Wednesday in November. I think you hear me knocking and I'm coming in. Okay. That's again, we go back to the whole conversation about the California doctors. Would I rather have a peer reviewed? Would I rather have another group of, of, of Skolnick pocket protector wearing geeks look at the Stanford study and say, my, yes, I think that, uh, it looks like solid methodology. Would I rather have that or would I rather have upteen other people do the same thing all over planet Earth, the actual data, and come up with the same conclusion? Which peer review would you rather have, Todd Erzin? Well, it depends on what their pronouns say on Twitter, Steve. There's more truth in that than you realize. So no, I know. I, I want, I, it, so the Stanford 
the random sample can't be trusted because it wasn't peer-reviewed except by all the other random samples that affirmed it amongst their peers that reviewed their data and came up with the exact same premise. And then the California doctors, because they didn't random sample, but just actually sampled. They just actually sampled. They just actually did the tests. They just did them themselves with the actual patients that they either admitted or didn't, that they treated or didn't in the ERs that were there or weren't. That can't be believed. Come on, man. Come on. Aaron, do you have a cigarette? (laughs) The amount of lies you have been told this month, you have never been lied to more than you have in your life as an American than you have in the month of April. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? <laughs> Bravo. Uh, yeah, it's it, 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 a perfect way to wrap it up. And again, we had no idea how right we were going to be with hashtag assume you're being lied to. And that is all they have at that moment. And I told you yesterday how frustrated it was. I just had a moment when I was saying it was coming down on me where the lies are just so brazen. Now they're in full on Gollum mode. You can, you can, you try to engage them and they're just polishing them. And you know that going forward, we haven't learned, we haven't field. And, and, and all you are left to do is you must defeat them. You must defeat these liars because they plan on doing way more than just defeating you. We'll come back. We're going to take a look at the doctors who have actual data that for some odd reason cannot be trusted when we do fake news or not here in a moment. So I think a lot of people are learning whether or not homeschooling was more of an option for them than they previously thought. Uh, Not by any choice of your own, but maybe now you're thinking, I don't know. Don't have to get up as early, get prepped as early, get stressed out every morning. What are we wearing? Everything else. If you're thinking that this might be something that you could look at permanently or long-term, not to mention if you're thinking, hey, I've got far more oversight in what uh, my kid's being uh, taught right now than I did when I just sent them off for several hours a day. Check out our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. All right, you can go to freedomforschool.com right now and request your information packet for the fall and get a jump on this because they're going to see an uptick uh, for sure. Uh, and, and people that want to sign up for Free, Freedom Project Academy. It's started by our good friend, uh, Dr. Duke Pesta, who was one of the key uh, people uh, that uh, w- helped win or f- helped fight the fight against Common Core across the country. It's an accredited classical online education built on Judeo-Christian values for students K-12, through completely interactive educational experience. The students attend live classes with other students across the country. And your students are taught how to think not what to think. So again, if you want to get more information on this, you want to get the jump on it right now because their demand is high. Freedomforschool.com is the website. That's freedomforschool.com. Again, freedomforschool.com. All right. We've got a set of clips, Todd, that you, you selected, right? I did the first filtering process and then Aaron proceeded from there because there was a treasure trove. All right. So for fake news or not, we're going to look at 
some of the highlights of this press conference that was held, I believe, last Friday out in California by two ER doctors who have done about half of the testing in that county. Almost a million people, over 900,000 people live in that county. Uh, they also own urgent care centers in that uh, in that county as well. And And the fact that all the right people want to silence them should be a hint that we should at least hear them out. Here's clip number one. We've made it our life's work to understand this stuff. And here, I'd like to go over some basic things about how the immune system functions so people have a good understanding. The immune system is built by exposure to antigens, viruses, bacteria. When you're a little child crawling on the ground, putting stuff in your mouth, viruses and bacteria come in, you form an antigen antibody complex, you form IgG, IgM. This is how your immune system is built. You don't take a small child, put them in bubble wrap in a room and say, go have a healthy immune system. This is immunology, microbiology 101. This is not something, this is the basis of what we've known for years. Um, So what I'm seeing is when you take human beings and you say, go into your house, clean all your counters, Lysol them down. You're going to kill 99% of viruses and bacteria. Wear a mask, don't go outside. What does that do to our immune system? Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. Let's follow the science. This is immunology, folks. This is microbiology. I don't know what to say to that other than that that anybody that's done any cursory research into the topic. Yeah. And 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 now now here's I think an important link though at the end that he's linking this with with the shelters in place. And because one of the things, don't take it out of context. This does not mean he's like, hey, after they warned you about the virus, uh, you know, you don't wash your hands. Don't disinfect your home ever. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is we've gone from an emergency measure now to a long term quarantine. And by 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 quarantining long term, the healthy people, Aaron, we are diminishing their immune systems and therefore their ability to help us reach herd immunity or as Dr. Atlas called it yesterday, population immunity when we all come back out again. That's what he's talking about. He adds some more context in the next clip. Let's get there then. Since nobody talks about the fact that coronavirus lives on plastics for three days and we're all sheltering in place. Where'd you get your water bottles from? Costco. Where'd you get that plastic shovel from? Home Depot. Those are fomites and carriers of disease. So you take your family sheltering in a place that you think is safe, and you're taking fomites with disease that they've shown that last three days. Are you really protecting yourself from COVID? Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. And if I swabbed things in your home, I would likely find COVID-19. And so you think you're protected, but you've got fomites coming from you know, Home Depot and Lowe's. And it's okay for us to be mingling in those situations, but we have to not go to work. It's okay for us to go to Costco, but not to church. Do, do you see the lack of consistency here? From a, from a microbiological, immunological standpoint, that doesn't make sense. If you're going to isolate people, you need to shut these all down, because that's how the fomites are being transferred. 
When you go to Del Taco and you get a plastic bag or piece on your burrito from someone not wearing a mask who is just wiping their arm on your thing, do you think you're protected from COVID? When you wear gloves that transfer disease everywhere, those gloves have bacteria all over them. I'm wearing gloves. Not helping you. As your mask that you're wearing for days, you touch the outside of it, COVID, and then touch your mouth. This doesn't make any sense. We wear masks in an acute setting to protect us. We're not wearing masks. Why is that? Because we understand microbiology, we understand immunology, and we want strong immune systems. I don't want to hide in my home, develop a weak immune system, and then come out and get diseased. First of all, did you notice a word that he used there? He used the word fomite. Now, you've heard that word before if you've listened to this show, if you've watched this show. But you should have been hearing it all over the media. Why? Well, I was introduced to the term. I'd never heard it before. I didn't know what it meant. But when there was the talk well over a month ago, well, what happens if we let all these people back out and there's going to be a second wave? So way back in March, I did a whole bunch of research one Saturday, published it on my Facebook page, came in here the next Monday. We shared it with you. And what I found from a magically peer-reviewed study, you can tell your friends about that, the magic, the gloriousness of peer review. So therefore, it's officially true. A peer-reviewed study from the University of Hong Kong back in 2011, almost a decade ago, trying to discover why the second wave of the first SARS had one of its primary breakouts inside Canadian hospitals in Toronto. And what it found was, you heard him say, hey, that thing stays there for three days. What the University of Hong Kong peer-reviewed study found is that even in temperatures into the low 70s, if it's a climate-controlled environment with dry air, climate-controlled environment with dry air, the virus can remain, SARS viruses can remain on a fomite. That's a medical term for an infected inanimate object or surface. This table would be a fomite. My mouse would be a fomite. Okay? My microphone would be a fomite. Any infected surface or inanimate object, it can survive for up to five days, is what the University of Hong Kong found. A SARS coronavirus can. On an infected fomite in dry climate-controlled conditions, even in temperatures into the 70s. Meaning, even if you keep your AC cool, warmer during the summer to save money, and you don't have it at 68, but 74. If it's a dry, climate-controlled environment, the virus can stay on that surface for days in that environment. Where have we seen the worst breakouts, folks? Nursing homes? Well, Steve, that's where the elderly are. True. Prisons. Is that where a lot of elderly are? No. No. Meatpacking plants. Is that where a lot of elderly are? No. Okay. Why? What, what, what are those three things then? They don't all have the elderly in common, but they do have something in common. What is it? Indoor, year-round, dry-aired, climate-controlled environments. That's what they have in common. That's what they have in common. The New York subway transit system, mass transit system. What would that be year-round? What would that be year-round? Indoor, climate-controlled environment, year-round. And what are all those people inside that climate-controlled environment? What are millions of those people doing every day? Touching everything. In between coughs. In between coughs, touching absolutely everything. Indoors, in a climate-controlled environment. 
I have been waiting for someone else to bring up this point. Finally, somebody else did. This information, I found it Saturday afternoon, man. Just decided because I wanted I wanted to know the with nothing other than my own want to and an hour and a half of time that I could kill because there wasn't anything else going on. No NCAA basketball, so I guess I'll research this. And I could find this out. Why haven't you heard this term from Dr. Fauci for the last month and a half? How come the term fomites never come up once at the White House coronavirus press conference? How come no one in your media, well, I need to ask that, you know that. They suck at life and everything. Okay. But how come you're just not hearing this? Have you heard that term from your governors? That's an important term because it's the primary way the virus is transmitted indoors, intrafamil. Over 80% of the transmissions of this virus all across the world, indoors, intrafamil. Why? Because you're all doing what? Touching stuff while you cough and sneeze all the time. You can't Lysol your home enough, ultimately. I love how he kept asking rhetorically, like, do you really believe that? Because it was more than a month ago when I echoed my frustrations about one of the local radio shows here where they expressly tell you every day, unlike here, they are actually in different studios. They won't even sit next to each other, yet they are on their show regularly advertising about the, the restaurants you should be going out to and help. And th- and this doctor is telling you, do you know how little sense all of this makes to you when you it are- It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, you, you, everybody should so go- They don't care if you die from getting a fomite at Costco, but they do care if you die from getting a fomite at Denny's. Does that make any no. sense? Well, Steve, there's things I have to get at Costco. No, there's not. You can sit home and order everything from Amazon nowadays. You don't have to go to Costco at all. You don't need to go there. And I say that it's one of my favorite places on earth. You know what I love the most about it? That I that I can get a bunch of stuff there I really don't need. That's what I love about it because that's America. A bunch of stuff in bulk I don't need. You don't have to go there. You don't. Why can you go there but I can't go to the locally owned grocery? Why can't I go there? I want to squeeze one more clip in here for sure. All right. In fact, let's do these two back to back. Will they both fit in Aaron in the time we have? Just give me a heads up on which ones you want. All right, comparing Sweden and Norway. Which number is that? Number three and number four. Okay. Can we do number three and number and four? And then when you, when you bring up a system of lockdown, you automatically have to compare it to a system of no lockdown, Sweden and Norway. I'm, I'm Norwegian. Norway has lockdown. Norway has lockdown. Sweden does not have lockdown. What happened in those two countries? Are they vastly different? Did Sweden have a massive outbreak of cases? Did Norway have nothing? Let's look at the numbers. Sweden. Sweden has 15,322 cases of COVID. Uh, they, have, they did 74,600 tests, which is 21%, similar to the other countries, 21% of all those tested came up positive for COVID. What's the population of Sweden? About 10.4 million. Uh, so if we extrapolate out the data, about 2 million cases of COVID in Sweden. They did a little bit of social distancing. They would wear masks and separate. They went to schools. Stores were open. They were almost about their normal daily life with a little bit of social distancing. They had how many deaths? 1,765. California's had 1,220 with isolation. No isolation, 1,765. We have more people. What I'm getting at is... Millions of cases, 
very small death. California also has four times more people than Sweden does. Four times more people. Let's get the clip on Dr. Fauci. Let's do that one next. Thank, thank you for your question. I think your question is valid. And uh, obviously, Dr. Fauci is a world-renowned immunologist. And a lot of the data that they originally gave us was um, theoretical because coronavirus is a new virus. We've studied coronavirus since the 70s. Coronavirus was... Um, well, we've studied different coronaviruses. This one is novel. Like SARS is a form of coronavirus, MERS is a form of coronavirus. Sure, sure. We've studied different types, but this one is new. So with all due respect, again, we haven't studied this virus. But if you let me finish... Um, <laughs> so every year, according to your argument that you just made, every year... It's not an argument, it's a question. Every, every year when we get the flu, it's a new flu virus, correct? Correct. But 99% of it is flu, correct? The way viruses change, they undergo mutations through their DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. There are different types of mutations which either cause increased virulence and more likely decreased virulence, meaning virulence meaning how uh, dangerous a virus is. So when coronavirus was, we, we, we've been studying coronavirus since the 70s. And this, 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 this uh, type of coronavirus that came out was first and foremost transmissible through, through human beings, and that was new. And I think any time you have something new in the medical community, I've been a doctor for 26 years, any time you, 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 you have something new in the, community, the medical community, it, it sparks fear. And doctor, I would have done what Dr. Fauci did, so we both would have initially. Because the first thing you do is you want to make sure you limit liability and limit deaths. And I think what they did was brilliant initially. But, you know, looking at theories and models, which is what these folks use, is very different than the way the actual virus presents itself throughout communities. And there's different communities we're talking about here. Bakersfield, a lot more widespread than Manhattan. Very, very different. Watching these clips, the way that they break this down, the effectiveness that they utilize, the shibboleths that they slay, now you know why they, they yep. don't want this out there. It's not because it's not true, but because it is. And it's because it's, the, it's some of the most truth you have ever heard. Because the kinds of questions, if we had, if we had an, a media that at least was still biased, but was was interested in in a real argument and not grab ass, they would have forced Burks and Fauci to answer these kinds of questions weeks ago, weeks ago. Instead, they want to they want to go up there even last night and talk about Vietnam or something. Okay, see that's why these men have to be silenced. It's not because they're lying to you; it's because they're not. Hour two is next. All right, back at it again with Hour 2, live and on demand, but frankly not all that much in demand. Uh, here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast, Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, 888-900-3393 is the number to the Blaze. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over 
at the Classic Learning Test, one of our new sponsors here uh, at The Blaze, and they want to let you know about the CLT exam, which can take the place of the SAT and ACT that was canceled this year for your college-bound child uh, and college-bound student. The CLT has been used by tens of thousands of students and hundreds of colleges across the country, providing the most accurate and rigorous measure of academic formation, accomplishment, and potential because they believe better tests create better students. And they've got a remote proctoring plan right now that's an option for students all over the country because of social distancing. Uh, You can register for the June 20th official college entrance exam or their other upcoming tests by visiting cltexam.com, CLT cltexam.com again to register for the june 20th college entrance exam and all of the other official uh, tests as well all of these exams can be taken from the comfort of your own home cltexam.com join now by um I, first of all i just got to warn the audience this is going to be a very obnoxious segment all right okay when when you put these two egos together the amount of false humility that is about to be dispensed, it, it, it's, it's going to be grating. You have been warned. Uh, but the, the social media sensation talk show host, uh, Jesse Kelly, fellow contrarian when it comes to coronavirus, joins us here on The Blaze. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I am sensational, as you know, Steve. Indeed. I think we all know that. And you, you make sure that we do, just in case yes. we don't. Yes. So you're down there in Texas. All right, I'm looking at some numbers. A good buddy of mine, Jason Johnson, I worked with him on the on the cruise campaign, just shared some numbers from your state. 1.3 million Texans have lost jobs. 49 of your counties have no cases. 144 counties have less than 10 cases. 170 counties have zero deaths. 231 counties have less than five deaths. 0.087 of Texans have confirmed cases, and nearly half of them are in just five of your counties. 0.0023% of Texans have died from COVID-19. What's oh, going on in your state? Well, the same thing that's going on nationally. We live in the suburban soccer mom society now where everybody has to be safe at all times. Any even hint of danger means we all must go home and hide under our beds. And because this is the suburban uh, soccer mom America now, instead of the America we've always been, when a doctor tells us that there's something dangerous and scary out there, everybody runs home and they hide and we just, everybody wants to be safe. You're safe, right? I'm safe. I just want to make sure we're safe instead of realizing that, I mean, forget Americans. We're human beings that have to live our lives. You're going to die one day, Steve. I'm going to die one day. I promise. It's a guarantee it's going to happen. You cannot hide away your life and that we have destroyed 30 million jobs we've spent i don't even know how many trillions now when you count how much they printed off we're setting for we're on pace for record deficits we're on pace for world war ii level debts this has been without question the dumbest public policy decision i have ever seen in my entire life i feel like i'm on another planet and that the american public laid down for it disgusts me so there's a there's a hypothesis I want to throw at you because I think you are uniquely capable of having this conversation with me because one thing we both share is we just don't give 
you know, two turds with corns in it with the mob on social media, even people who agree with us, we just don't care. If we think we're right, we're going to go through with it. And then if you prove us wrong, hey, I'll, I'll admit if I'm wrong, but, but you're going to need to prove it to me. Your outrage or can't evens or I'm going to unfollow you. I'm going to need something stronger uh, than that, uh, frankly. And, and what has been amazing to me to watch Going just to follow up on what you just said is if if I were a Democrat running for the White House this year or wanting a Democrat to win the White House this year, I could make a reasonable case that Donald Trump has made the single worst managerial decision in the history of the United States of America, maybe the worst in all of human history. Okay, and and yet and, and I could pin Vietnam on LBJ where I can, I can you know, drive LBJ. LBJ was driven to the point he didn't even run for re-election. He went from an overwhelming election in 64, a historic route, to standing up there in 68 and saying, I, I just, I don't have the support to run. I mean, I failed this country. Vietnam's a boondoggle. I'm stepping away, okay? Instead of pinning Vietnam on LBJ, I have been fascinated to watch the Democratic Party do the opposite, which is, well, I mean, we, we just have to triple down on this failure. We got to do more of it. I mean, they are bound and determined. They, they've, they've, they have made up collusion. They've made up Ukrainian phone calls. We, we, you know, Brett Kavanaugh was a, was a marauding rapist. All the fake news we've seen the last few years, supposedly because they will do anything it takes to beat this guy, Jesse. And then when he serves himself up on something he should be easily defeated on, they're like, no, no, no. He's got to keep doing what's bad. And the minute that he changes, that's just going to make it all the worse. I have just been blown away by their reaction to this. Well, look, Steve, this is par for the course. You shouldn't be blown away because the truth is all Democrats have to do. It's not like Republicans are that popular. It's not like Republicans are that smart. It's not like Republicans are even really that deserving of another term, of another four years. But let's be honest. All Democrats have to do is not be insane and they can't do it. They don't have that in them because you're right. What Donald Trump decided, and look, I'm a Trump voter. I'm not sure if you are, but I switched. Once Cruz lost the last primary, I voted for Donald Trump because I was so horrified by Hillary Clinton. I've then been blown away, impressed by the policies that Donald Trump has put into place. I can't believe how much I've loved this presidency up to this point. Been one of the best presidencies of my lifetime, if not the best. I'm not even making that up. And then as soon as he went along with the lockdown an entire country thing because of a virus, you might be right. As far as sheer damage goes, and I'm going to vote for him again. As far as damage goes, this might be the worst policy in the history of the United States of America. Then states followed suit, then mayor, mayors followed mm -hmm. suit, and we wiped out a $20 trillion economy because of a virus. At no point in the history of the world, not America, in the world would a nation point to its entire country and say, stop working. Destroy your own. It would never happen. You lock down cities or vulnerable people. You never lock down a whole country. But he did it. And you can't absolve him of that. He pointed to America and said, these are the guidelines. That's what he did. And Democrats, because they're so stupid and they're so insane and they're so broken, they've tripled down on everything. Oh, not only should you social distance, but we're actually going to put you in handcuffs if we catch you on the beach. But mm -hmm. that's far for the course. It's what they do. The Democrat, the Republicans are extremely lucky that Democrats are completely brain dead or they'd be in very, very serious trouble. What is the mood in your state after what Governor Abbott announced yesterday? Are people satisfied? Do they think it was tepid? Do they think, hey, we're just appreciative that he opened the door a little bit? Because once he opens it a little bit, we'll kind of take it from there. What's the mood in your state? 
Well, that's my problem, Steve, as I can't speak for the whole state, but my area, I live, work, and worship in Houston. I'm in the suburbs, though. Remember I said we're the scared suburban housewife society? Mm -hmm. Almost universally in my neighborhood, the men of my neighborhood who I talk to all the time, we get together, a couple beers, throw some cornhole, have fun. They're all like, this is ridiculous. We have to get back to work. You should see my numbers at work. It's a disaster. Then we get together as couples, almost universally. Every one of these women is pro-lockdown. This is unsafe. Did you see we had teenagers playing basketball? I better put this up on Facebook. Uh, I better report Susie. I've heard she got to uh, within five feet of somebody down by the lake. Uh, did somebody? And that's the difference, Steve. And that's why we are in so much trouble. It's not because of the politicians. It's not because of Trump or any governor or any mayor. We're in trouble because the American people supported these lockdowns. And the numbers say they still support these lockdowns because we have completely lost what it means to be Americans and free people, and we need to get it back. What do you think the end game is here, Jesse? Well, it's like anything else. I do not subscribe to these massive conspiracy theories, although I do understand how they popped up because it's so surreal. I don't subscribe to these conspiracy theories, how this was all designed by Bill Gates and the aliens working together. I don't subscribe to any of that. But I do think very much so the people who have always wanted big government, they've always wanted government control, they've always wanted socialism, they've always wanted some kind of tyranny and them to be the tyrants in charge. They saw this and they thought to themselves, oh, man, this is perfect. I mean, some of the Democrats, like that idiot from South Carolina, Clyburn, he flat out came out and said it, and then they shooed him away and told him to shut up. He said, look, this is going to end up being great for all the things that we want. This is a Democrat, a socialist dream, and they're getting everything they've ever wanted. And Republicans, let's be honest, Steve, with the, with, with the exception of you and I and about four or five other people, they not only laid down for it, they encouraged it. I watched people, friends of mine, pundits I know, politicians I know who spent their whole lives fighting for liberty, go hide under their beds and tell all the working people to sit down and shut up and go home, peasant, as soon as they protested against these lockdowns. We have nobody to thank for this but ourselves. Yeah, I won't mention any names, but uh, if you had access to my cell phone, you could, you could see a few names you would know that have received oh. a, a certain, let's just say, steady stream of uh, of text from yours truly, and they are growing increasingly less polite, if you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying, and that's what's bummed me out. I mean, look, I, I don't claim to be some journalist. I'm as partisan of a partisan hack as you can get. I'm as far right as you can possibly get. I expect Democrats to conduct themselves exactly how they have. I wasn't even shocked by the stimulus bill. You know, $25 million for the mm -hmm. Kennedy Center, $25 million for congressional raises. That didn't shock me at all. These people are detestable. That's who they are. I've been genuinely shocked and disappointed by the people who are on our side who just laid down like servants for this whole thing and said, please, government, protect me, make me safe. It's been amazing to watch. So we're talking to Jesse Kelly here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. We went and looked last week, Jesse, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Wisconsin had that primary election on April 7th. And, and I got through just telling our audience that they have never been lied to as Americans. I don't care how old you are. You have never been lied to more often and more consistently than you have been in the month of April here just now. And, and we went and looked at Wisconsin, you know, the 14 day incubation of the period of the virus. You remember all of the blue check mark hand wringing, the people are going to die in Wisconsin because they held an election and all these people went out and voted. And so Wisconsin is saying that about 70% of the people there voted by mail, which means over 465,000 people in that state 
went out in person and voted. That absolutely has to be the largest migration and movement of the American people in any state since these lockdowns began. And when we went and looked at the data after the 14-day incubation period through April 21st last week, and when we found in the most densely populated counties, no spike in cases, no spike in hospitalizations, they were all trending down beforehand, they're still trending down, there's no, it, it, it didn't do anything to elevate whatsoever the public health crisis in the state of Wisconsin. And now I'm looking at Georgia, which is, which, which is not doing quite the aggressive reopening that the panic porner peddlers are claiming, but it's still more aggressive than we're typically saying. If that state, Jesse, if it's not smoldering ash, this began on April 24th, two weeks after two weeks, two weeks later, if that state is not smoldering ash, because I'm getting listeners sending me pictures, I'm eating breakfast at Denny's Day, screw you, all right? If, if, if that state is not literally a set out of a Dustin Hoffman late 90s movie with an elderly Rene Russo here in about two weeks, rest of this country better get off its ass as far as I'm concerned. Well, you're right. And, and beyond the lies, you know what you saw? We reacted to bad data. And this is what drives me crazy about the about, about the bad data thing. If you're going to make the decision, let's say you think it's even an option. I say it's never an option. But let's say you're one of those people out there who thinks it's an option to lock down America. That's just something we have to do. I don't ever want to hear from you, well, I didn't know, well, we had bad data, well, we're still trying to figure out. If you're going to take the drastic step of wiping out 30 million jobs, contracting the U.S. economy by 10%, probably at least by the time this is done, I don't ever want to hear I wasn't sure. You better be 5,000% sure. Mm -hmm. But now what we see as we get more data in... It's what we see is that dangerous thing that the good Lord himself, Jesus, warned us about and pride. Now that's what we see so much of now, Steve. Now we have politicians and pundits and doctors, those sacred doctors and scientists and expert experts who just have too much pride to stand up and say, hey, I was wrong. And look, I've been wrong once or twice in my life. I know you may find that shocking, Steve, and it's actually true. Step up and say, I was wrong. I'm more people shocked that wrong, you admitted we, it, frankly. <laughs> but, people don't, but people don't do that. that. For some reason, these people are incapable of doing that. The American people would actually have a great appetite for that, for a president, a governor, a mayor, a doctor standing up and saying, hey, man, I missed this one. Let's get things open back up. We'll get things figured out as we go along. They would respect that a lot more, but you don't. Everybody Everybody has to double down and triple down and American people are suffering because of it. What do you think, you know, um, I, I, I have several people I know or are, and or our friends that work in this white house. And my understanding of the dynamic of what is happening there is there's essentially 90% of, of Trump's white house team is on one side and, 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 you know, the other 10% are on the other. It just so happens that the other 10% are Jared Kushner, the son-in-law, who's probably the second most powerful human being in America right now next to, to, to the president. Um, you know, Dr. Fauci and a few other people. And that this is the dynamic there. That, that about 90% of the people working in that White House sound like they're hosting the Steve Dace or Jesse Kelly shows. And then the other 10% are, uh, are pushing the panic porn. What's your view of that? My view of that is I have somebody there I know personally very well, and that view is 100% accurate, that the people who are screaming about the same things you and I have been screaming about for a long time, they were actually screaming it early. This stuff has reached Donald Trump's ear, and as you have said, he's been overruled. And the truth of the matter is 
the people closest to Donald Trump, the people he trusts the most, are not necessarily right-wingers, and they're definitely New Yorkers. And if you are a germaphobe like Trump is, the people you trust the most are New Yorkers, you're a New Yorker, and you see the conditions on the ground there, then you tend to, and I'm as pro-New York as they, as they come, because I love New York City, it's like my favorite place in the world, but if those are the conditions on the ground, then you tend to see everything through the lens of New York City. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Laredo, Texas gets treated like New York City. Omaha, Nebraska gets treated like New York City. Dr. Fauci, when he's telling the whole country to lock down because of what's happening in New York City, that becomes popular. And all it takes is a few. We like to imagine presidents because they're so powerful and they have all these advisors that surely there are nine million people who are telling him the truth on the ground. No, people, all of them, no matter who they are, have three or four people they actually trust. And if those three or four people are telling you you have to lock down America and you're a germaphobe and you're in New York City, then you go forward with locking down America. And to be honest, let's be frank about this. You go from being the greatest jobs president ever, could we have called him that two months ago, mm -hmm. to being maybe the worst jobs president ever? What's his way out? Now, I think the governors, including the one he was blasting last week, which is a, just a pissing contest that him and that Georgia governor have had an ax to grind with each other for about a year over that Senate seat. So that's, that's an outlier, okay? But governors like Kemp, like what our governor here in Iowa announced yesterday as well, and, and there are several of these other governors, they're kind of paving the way for him to have an out here. But, but what do you think his out is here? I don't know that he wants to take it because here's the problem because of what we just described with his advisors and the people pouring honey in his ear, which is bad information. He still feels he still has this mindset and he's still putting this mindset out there. You heard it with what when he kneecapped Governor Kemp of Georgia last week that you can either stay home and be safe or you can leave the home and risk your life. And as long as that is the mentality coming out of the White House, that mentality is going to filter down to the governors and the mayors and everybody else out there until he steps up and does a complete 180 on anything he's done so far and say, look, we have to live our lives. We have to take some chances. We'll focus on the affected areas. Is, but everybody get back to work now. He's a million miles away from doing it, that, and that's the only solution, Steve. Beyond that, we're all just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. What's your audience's take? What, what, what would you say the relationship with your audience and the president is right now, Jesse, given what you just said? Look, this part sucks because, again, I'm voting for Trump again. Enthusiastically, I am. I'm scared to death to have President Putin brain take over at a time like this. <laughs> but you cannot comprehend, because I've constantly been putting out my email address. I want people's stories about their lost jobs and businesses. Steve, you do not want to know how many hardcore Trump supporters have filled up my inbox saying I'll never vote for him again. The truth of the matter is 50,000 votes. That's the difference between President Hillary and President Trump. 50,000 votes spread across the swing states. If you think we have 30 million unemployed people going into November and those 50,000 don't switch back to voting for Democrat, which they just did before Trump, you're crazy. Hmm. What's, what, are the, what are the defenders of the direction he's taking? What are they saying to you? To be honest, there aren't that many of them anymore. But the thing you should know that the reason I'm asking you that is I'm not hearing any defense of it at all. There, there, there aren't that many anymore, and even the ones who were are now now they're doing it privately, and I, I respect that. At least they're doing it somewhat. Now they're coming out and saying, 
Okay, you you were right. I, I, I bought into this early on, but this is crazy. Wait a minute. He said Easter. What happened to Easter? What happened to two more weeks? They keep kicking the can down the road. And I don't have another way to put it, Stephen. It sucks because, again, I'm a voter. I, I voted for him. I'm going to vote for him again. I've been thrilled with the presidency. But let's be honest. What you said in the beginning is not necessarily inaccurate. This could easily go down as the worst decision by any president in the history of the United States of America. But... The greatest blessing Donald Trump has had politically is who his enemies are. All right. And they they are bound and determined to give him a lot of rope to correct this error. However, they're going to give him all the time he needs, Jesse, to, to, to come back to Team Sanity because it's pretty obvious they're never joining it. Even when it would politically benefit them, they're never joining it. I mean, if get, I mean. With, with the corroboration going on with Joe Biden and Tara Reid right now, Gavin Newsom looks like a million bucks, comes from their great, the great home state of the American left. If he stood up there right now and said, by golly, I mean, our, our state, look at all these major metropolitan areas. We don't have a problem anywhere in this country, in, in this state. 40 million people, 1,200 deaths. Warm weather's here for good. Let's get back to California and cranking out movies for America again. Dude, they'd have him replace Biden at the convention like that. His political his political stock would soar. Instead, he's not doing that, which which gives you the which you you're left with the only conclusion, therefore, that these people just they're not even socialists as much as they are Soviet style authoritarians. And once you once you give them access to that level of power, their primary mission objective once acquiring it is just to maintain it, if not grow it from there. So they're going to give Donald Trump, brother, a lot of rope to mea culpa this a lot because they're never going to mea culpa it. Well, yes, that and the fact, I mean, oftentimes these things just come down to simplicity. They backed the wrong horse. They didn't either. They either didn't realize how bad Joe Biden was mentally degenerating or they did realize and thought, hey, I can pull the pin on this grenade and just really cook that sucker off before I actually chuck it and it blows Mm -hmm. up in my hand. But Joe Biden is going to be possibly Donald Trump's saving grace. The only thing, if unemployment is terrible, that will save Donald Trump's reelection campaign is the fact that people look at Joe Biden and realize this guy needs care. And I'm not even be, trying to be mean, I agree although with you. I am. No, I, I, no, I agree. He, yep. Anyone who knows an old person who's ever gone through this has seen how fast it happens and has seen the kind of environment they need. Why do you think he's snapping at everybody? It's not. It's beyond just can't think. He's yelling at people. They get aggressive because these people need a relaxing care environment and instead his people around him and his wife put are putting him up for the most stressful job in the united states of america frankly if i cared about democrats i would tell them all they're freaking sick last question vice president pence did two radio interviews on it late last week saying that uh, by memorial day coronavirus is going to be largely behind us is what he said do you buy that what do you think that means I don't know if I buy it. I don't know that this thing's going to go away anytime soon. And I don't know that we realize exactly how widespread it is so far. Look, Steve, every piece of data, every piece of new data we're getting so far is showing this thing to be a lot more common and a lot less deadly than it was thought to be the day before. That's just all the new data that comes out. People are testing for the antibodies all over the daggone place. I think this thing's going to stick around for a while. And not only that, people don't want to talk about this there's often a second wave, sometimes a third wave of these terrible pandemics. The Spanish flu, it wasn't the first wave that got everyone. It was the second wave. There's a chance we're going to see this again. God forbid we do. But if this thing comes back, September, October, when the cold weather comes back, 
we gonna lock down America again and kill another 30 million jobs? Boy, then we're gonna then we're gonna find out where the rubber meets the road. Like, good to see you, brother. How can people follow your work? They can see all my stuff at at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter. My radio shows, the Jesse Kelly Show. It's national and uh, on Pluto TV channel 248. The channel's called the First. I have a TV show there too. Good to have you with us. Finally, long overdue doing this. We will not wait as long to do it again. All right, take care. Likewise, brother. All right, take care. God bless. What do you think, gentlemen? I'm fascinated by what he says about how uh, people are emailing him mm-hmm. because, as you know, like I, I, I disagree with. You. I've been unimpressed. He's yes, he's been better than we thought he was going to be. But you know, I really the he you mean is the the, the, the Donald Trump? Yeah, yeah. He, he, I wasn't going to vote for him. He's just he just too frustrating. It could have been so much more. He can't get out of his own way sometimes, and yet and then I totally agree. Yeah, he he is he has mismanaged this on multiple fronts. Yet now. I'm the guy who says I have to vote for him, and it's mm-hmm. because of what everybody else is simultaneously doing and acting against it. I can't hand this over to him. At the very least, I need him to be this clumsy placeholder for four years. I hate saying it, and I'm still not absolutely certain, but that's where I am. There's a level of ultimate chaos going on in all of this, and there are no good options. Yeah, I don't I don't feel any conflict at all between scrutinizing and and criticizing when I disagree with it, the Trump presidency, and then looking and then, and then still thinking this November that the wisest decision I could make would be to vote for it because of the, because while I don't believe in false binary choices, I don't reject real ones either. Okay. And the reality is that this, there, every opportunity the democratic party has had these last few years to embrace any form of sanity, any form of restraint, Any any notion of Americana, it and ultimately has, to secure a sure thing, yes. and they still they, won't. Even when it, even when it would politically be of great benefit exactly. to them, exactly that. I mean, that was the rationale for the Biden candidacy in the first place, right? He was he was the guy that could win back the suburban voters, the middle of the road, more moderate guy, and you know, and now he's taken every single position that the the rest of the party has taken before he ran for office. So, and I I can't live in a country with that. Because it's not interested in living with me. And that's why Donald Trump has the opportunity here to both create the biggest gaffe of any president in American history and then the biggest comeback at the exact. He could he could pull them both off in the same year when you stop and think about it, because Aaron, his enemies are going to give him all the time he needs to return to some form of sanity because they've made it patently obvious they're not coming here on their own. Yes, um, and that's. I, I think they will come on their uh, come come there on on their own, but only you know after November, uh, whatever. 4th yeah, if or the Democrat whatever. wins, yes, that's that's the only time that they're going to come back to to sanity. So yet again, we thought twenty we we thought twenty sixteen was a terrible choice. We thought that, and it was. <laughs> um, good grief! I think a lot of people. A lot more people, I should say, come this November are going to be feeling an even an, an even more dire choice uh, than than what they had in 2016, because as kind of was the gist of your your column, we're 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 fundamentally a dumb, broken people. <laughs> so of course, our leadership is not going to to rise above uh, the, the the vast majority of of the of the people that they govern. 
in terms of in terms of uh, how they handle things and just terms of of uh, morality, what have you put pick any any denominator whatsoever. They're not going to be able to rise above those who they govern. They're, they're just not because they're humans just like us. We born them. We 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 brought them to the positions of power that they that they have. And so, uh, yeah, I, the, 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 the enemies of, of President Trump, of, again, are his best friends. But that's not going to take away from the difficult decision and the hard decision that some people are going to have if they make somehow with the, the, the pudding brain, as, as Jesse called it, the pudding brain candidate of Joe Biden. If, if they somehow can make a case that that pudding brain is going to bring back jobs and Trump can't. Sayonara, baby. That was maybe going to be the choice anyway, but it certainly certainly is an easier sell to make than it was three months ago. Uh, don't really have time to say much more than that, but it is what it is at this point. I want to come back and have some Pop Culture Tuesday. Did the NFL draft, other than just giving us a fun respite, but did it provide us a roadmap into getting some of the, uh, the accoutrements of uh, pop culture? and Americana back. We'll discuss that next right here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. All right, so with our pets, you know, we love them too, obviously, but did you know that the food that we often buy for them has been stripped down of a lot of the things they need the most, similar to us? There's a reason why we're taking so many supplements nowadays, because a lot of those nutrients, vitamins, minerals, live organisms that we need, like those healthy microbacteria, not just the vitamin C and D, a lot of those things are stripped out of our food for mass consumption and for longer shelf life. Same thing goes for our pets as well. Thankfully, that's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in. They want to make your your dog's food literally live again. That, that's their goal, all right? Now, it's, it's not another dog food. It just makes your dog's food even better for them. And apparently, it makes it taste better, too, because Cap eats his food even faster at home when it's mixed in with Rough Greens VitaSmart. All that healthy stuff we need, your dog needs, too. So if you want to take the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart challenge to see the difference in your dog in just 14 days, all right, here's how you can do it. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F. That's how they spell it. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. So let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look each week at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And over the weekend, we had the first live sporting event in this country since, man, I don't know when. When all the college basketball tournaments uh, shut down, probably about the you know around the tenth or so of March. Want to hear the saddest story ever? Huh. This last weekend, I went into uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings uh, to pick up wings. Yeah, it's, it's, it's empty, obviously, other than the people like me are doing that. But uh, the TVs are still on. Every single TV had some actual soccer match from somewhere in the world. That's that's your hell. Are you, that? still, are you still getting yes? Is that your? <laughs> This is officially the end times. Why yes. would you even bring that up right now, Todd? Are you still getting down on your uh, Belarus soccer uh, uh, hey, soccer bets? Hey, this is different. If I can make some money off the wannabe commies, then I'm going to do that, by golly. Yeah, I, I hate the game, not the player. You know me. That's my motto. Yeah. Okay. Now, European soccer. 
uh, is supposedly coming back here in this month. They're going to start playing originally, I think I read, uh, without fans in the stands. But European soccer is coming back. NBA is opening up, uh, reopening uh, team facilities on Friday in states that have relaxed their shelter in places. Uh, someone, I got to, it seems like an, an official account. So that's my caveat. It seemed, when I checked it out, it seemed like an official account. But Taiwan, the Taiwanese sports Twitter account tweeted me yesterday <clears throat> and said that uh, they're starting professional baseball up soon. It seemed like it was some kind of official account from some kind of Taiwanese sports federation. So we're starting to see this come back little by little. The NFL remains adamant it's playing a season this fall. Remains adamant it's playing all 16 games. And before you doubt it, hey, they were adamant they were going to hold their draft and they were going to hold it virtually. And everybody said, you can't do that, first of all. It's not accomplishable. And they did. So it's a lot easier for the pro sports leagues to play without fans than the college ones because you get into the whole situation where if, if you don't feel like it's safe for the students to be on campus, then, you know, do, should we be holding campus events? The NFL that's or the NBA or the NHL, that's really not a consideration for them at all. Um, and their leagues are not as reliant on, on the gate attendance for revenue as the colleges are. And the reason why is even though colleges make more money from television revenue, they have to share it with the other teams in their conferences. All the money you make from that gate, you keep that yourself. And that's true too at the professional level, but the amount of money we're talking about there just is at a, it's at a different level, the amount of money that, that they, so doing something where they could play the NBA playoffs and, you know, test everybody for three to every couple days or what have you, it's just much more accomplishable. But I think the NFL draft this weekend, outside of the fact it was just great to get some respite and, and slice of Americana, turns out Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, is a human being. I was beginning to doubt it after the last few years. All right. But, uh, I mean, there's even a point, dude, where he pulled a U towards the end on Thursday night because... It used to be, in a traditional draft, he just does the first round, and then other people do the rest of the draft. He's reading, like, all these picks from his man cave. And, you know, it starts off, and he looks great. It keeps going, and, you know, now he's sitting down. Then he's down. Then he's stripped down to a T-shirt, and he's just, like, relaxed in his lazy boy with a card. All right. Looking at his watch. It's late. With the 89th pick in the 2020, I mean, he's just like... It was it was a very human experience to watch. Here's the thing that I thought, though, it did. I mean, technically, they pulled it off. It, I'm sure they had a few glitches where some things were buffering or what have you, but they had content ready to go to keep it going. There were no noticeable delays. Here's where I, what I think it accomplished more than anything else. What I have noticed since the NFL held its draft, following sports media, is much of the conversation... There's two conversations about why we can't have sports come back. One of them is the safety conversation. And that's a conversation that is, is the most important conversation, frankly, and obviously. But it's also a conversation sports media is the least qualified to have. Just doesn't know. No, has no clue. That's an evergreen about every issue. There's much. a lot of truth to that too, brother. Preach. All right. 
But the second conversation is where the sports media does get a say and can greatly affect the national psyche where this is concerned. And what I have seen since the NFL draft is the, as, as Jesse Kelly was talking about, the, the name we've put on it is the, the Karen phenomenon, the suburban mom phenomenon. The, the Karen phenomenon within sports media. And, you know, I, I own a website that's associated with Sports Illustrated. And I don't think it's a shock to most people that if you go look at what a lot of writers over at Sports Illustrated think nationally, um, it's a lot different on many issues compared to what we say on this show nationally, right? So I'm, I'm fully aware of what the Karen phenomenon currently thinks. I work with it when I'm not working here. But um, I've seen a massive decline in the, I can't believe with, with this going on, we'd even think about having fun and playing games. I can't even, I mean, I mean, your, all your grandparents are just dying just straight, right in the streets. And just, Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yes, and I <laughs> and fed him to the tigers. <laughs> it's happening. That's happening too. That's why I laugh because that's happening too. Let me pause for my Tiger King hot take. And then I can't believe it. Your grandparents literally. My granddad walked out front, took a breath, and just died right there. I couldn't believe it. Okay, I mean that's. And now you're telling me. I mean, how could I cover a college football game this fall? Okay. That, I wonder if the NFL draft crushed a lot of that sentiment. And I think one of the ways they might have done it is doing something that I know annoyed our old friend that was just with us, Jesse Kelly. He's like, man, I turned, I saw him on draft and I, I tuned into the draft to get away from the virus. And now it's like Anthony Fauci's in the lead up. There's all this talk about, I, I get that criticism, but I, I thought it was also a shrewd move. Because it showed that they, that here's what the NFL I think showed over the weekend that we can walk and chew gum at the same time, that we can, we can be cognizant and acknowledge the reality of a crisis situation and still figure out ways to have our regular lives. And so a lot of that second objection, which to me, I think that's far more dangerous than the medical because the data is all on our side. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about the medical data. It's all on our side. And the more of it we get, the more on our side it gets. When I say our side, by the way, I don't mean, let me clarify that. I don't mean the theories postulated by me or the analysis uh, that our show has taken. I mean, a, I mean a broader sense of our side. I mean like returning America to the American people when I say our side, all right? I don't mean that, you know, all these people now agree with, with, with my takes on this. What I mean by our side is collectively the our, we, the people, returning America to the American people. That's what I mean by our side. And the more data we get, the more, the more that it comes in, the more on our side it becomes. So eventually, if, see, if we can get the argument about data, we can win this thing really quick. The problem is you got to overcome the panic porn to get to the data. And that's why it's put there. The reason it's put there is in order to stop you from acquiring the real thing. Let's go back to what I just said at the top of the show about the doctors in California. And let's say the one criticism of them and, and their own sample 
All right, so essentially they're being criticized on the grounds that they can't properly read their own COVID testing samples that their medical system that they own is conducting. That's really the argument, right? That's not really the gist, gist of the yeah. argument. Okay. And therefore, since they can't read their sample right, they're coming up with conclusions like it's just slightly more lethal than the flu. And that's why they're lying to people because they can't read their sample. Let's say I'll let for the, I don't believe that. And I, I think I made my feelings fairly well known on that topic here about an hour and a half ago. Let's stipulate though, for just a moment that that's true. I'll grant that point. It doesn't change any of the natural laws of immunology, virology, or biology, though, that they cited in any of the other clips that we showed. Know what I'm saying? Right. So they may be wrong about the particular CFR and infectious rate of this virus. They may have misread or misrepresented the testing results that they themselves conducted. I, I am fascinated by the peer review crowd. It's not peer reviewed. Have, have, you, have you reviewed their testing? Well, because they've done the, they're not sampling because they, they're testing. They're not sampling, they're testing. I'd rather have the test than the sample, wouldn't you? I'd rather know what the actual answer is than what someone's take on the answer is or someone's estimate of what the answer is. Right. But let's stipulate that the criticism is true. That's a shiny object. It's irrelevant given the larger point that they're making about how immunology, virology, and biology operates. And it's exactly what you heard from Scott Atlas on this show, not once, but twice in the last few days. The natural laws of biology and science remain. If this virus does truly violate those natural laws, don't worry about whether football comes back or the kids go back to school. Get on your knees right now. It's a pestilence from above. And you've got far greater concerns on you. The seal has been opened on high. You've got far greater concerns than antibody, the, the, the efficacy of an antibody study in, in one county of California. All right, this is, this is cosmic. Not the dumb, the pestilence is. Know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, barring that existential, climactic kind of moment, the natural laws of science applies. And they, they're, they're asserting them. That's why they want them taken down. It has nothing to do with the efficacy of the serology they're citing. It has everything to do with the worldview that they're affirming because it gets in the way of the panic porn peddlers luring you in. Because you know what happens? Remember all those times I was saying to you, does that make sense to you? And then you would say, no. And then I would say, you know why it doesn't make sense? And you would say, because it doesn't. That's what they were doing. And by, by, by bringing, that's, that's, a, that's an argumentation technique. All right salesmen use this to close you okay I, I bring you into familiarity with the subject matter so you take personal ownership with it and of it and then you're like oh yeah yeah that makes sense to me yeah yeah i can see i need the undercoating or in this case yeah that that, that that makes sense to me that's why they want them gone has nothing to do with the efficacy of one part of their overall argument it has everything to do with their overall argument the the antibody that's the shiny object, false objection. The real issue is how dare you call a press conference and teach people biology 101 that we have been spending the last two months trying to get them to deny so we can have power and control. How dare you do that? Well, along those same lines, the NFL, I think, fleshed out some of these false objections too. The idea that it's, we, just, we just have to sit here through some indeterminate amount of time mourning the lost 
and can ever, and, and no one can finite. There's, there's no when is it appropriate.com website where there's a countdown clock. This is the appropriate amount of time to mourn New York city and new Orleans and Detroit. And, and once that, it, once that threshold is met, that it is okay to get back to, you know, remembering that life is worth is for the living again, the dead are dead. I mean, they, they don't know whether you're mourning them or not and don't really have much to say or care about what you're saying about them or not. They're dead. Okay. They're meeting their maker and they're far more concerned with that than, you know, what Joy Reid is saying tonight on MSNBC and they're not even aware. So I think the NFL crushed a lot of that sentiment over the weekend by showing it was absolutely possible to not to, to, to enjoy the triviality of sport without being completely total single cell douchebags with no perspective whatsoever. And I've seen it in my sports feeds, gentlemen. I've seen a lot less caring uh, when it comes to bringing sports back. Thoughts? I think you're right. The issue is we're going to need, the, the as popular as the NFL is, it still is just sports, and we're going to need to be have other lanes accomplish the same thing. The f- and we've talked about this yesterday. To me, this relates to the fact that they, they won't let kids go back to school because kids going back to school, like right now, mm-hmm. it, 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 in my mind, if, if, if we can return to work, and it's, this was probably clearly a teacher's union thing, but set that aside for a second. Why wouldn't we send the kids to school on May 1st, have them go to school roughly a year longer, excuse me, a month longer until about July 4th or something like that. You'd be all made up and ready to go. But psychologically, them going back to school would accomplish much the same thing. We need those. So we need those lanes beyond the NFL to do that. that As many people as it speaks to, it doesn't speak to enough. I agree with that too. Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, it's... um, At some point... At some point, people, uh, there's going to be a critical mass of people who, instead of being so afraid to die that uh, they forget how to live, just remember, hey, I kind of enjoyed life before. I kind of enjoyed the life and the luxuries and the blessings that we have before. At some point, that critical mass is is going to be there. Uh, it should have been there it, it, in a healthy in a healthy society. It should have been there like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, but it's not. So it's going to take more time, and it's starting to happen more and more, and that's good to see. But it, things like the NFL will just, and, and you'll see more and more stories that are not about the pandemic. People will start to realize the juxtaposition between what the reality is of this virus and what reality really is, and they're going to get back to reality. Well said. We're going to stick around and do overtime. To the rest of you, see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.